Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are still in chapter 2 of the book of Judges, looking at verses 4 and 5 from the King, New King James Version. The angel of the Lord has come to speak to the children of Israel, and he's not there to give them a, an attaboy. He's there to uh, reprimand them. He said, you didn't do what I told you to do. And since you didn't do it, I will not drive them out for, before you. But they shall be thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare to you. So after the angel of the Lord finished speaking, this is how the children of Israel responded. It reads, So it was, when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voices and wept. Then they called the name of that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. Again, it's Judges chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 from the New King James Version, which gives this section, Israel's, this section, the title, Israel's Disobedience. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. This is Hope Scott. I am your host of Five Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following my podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or wherever you hear podcasts. Also, please like and follow Five Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. We are continuing our look at Daniel chapter 2, looking at verses 4 and 5 in the God's Word, the, not God's Word, <laughs> the New King James Version. In this section, God has sent a preacher and not an executioner to deal with his um, children who have been disobedient. He didn't go with, um, you've sinned, you die. That's not how he handled it. He gave them a chance to hear what the charge was against them and to make a choice to do the right thing. Let's listen to what the commentaries had to say. The people lifted up their voices and wept. The angel told them of their sins and they expressed their sorrow. They lifted up their voice in confession of sin, crying out against their own foolishness, against their own wickedness, against their own ingratitude. And uh, they wept as those that were both ashamed of themselves and angry at themselves. And, you know, as we think about things we've done in our lives, there are things that we weep about, things that we are both ashamed of that we've done and angry at ourselves for doing them. Especially, you know, walking in a path that we know is contrary to what God wants us to walk. Then the angel threatened them with the judgment of God, of which they expressed their dread. They were afraid because they knew God's judgment. They've seen it. They, the exodus should have been fresh in many of their minds. Those that didn't die off, you know, while wandering in the wilderness, they saw God's power. And those who wandered in the wilderness know that God fed them and kept them. Their clothes didn't wear out. So they know the power of God. So of course they should have fear because they know 
that God has taken good care of them. And this is how they handle it. They handle it by not doing what God told them to do. Something as simple as tearing down the altars of these false gods, because they will be a trap and a snare. And how many altars and false gods do we have that have become snares in our lives? Things that we know that we need to let go. We need to let them go because they're not doing us any good. But let me get back to the commentaries. They, um, they, they lifted up their voice in prayer to turn God's anger away from them, his wrath from them. And they wept uh, because, you know, they uh, fear of that wrath. Wrath. They wept, but they, you don't see that they're reformed. As we continue through the book of Judges, you'll see that God has to rescue them over and over and over again. And he does the same with us. And we thank God that we have a loving father who does chastise his children. But he also forgives us. And, he can, and we are restored to fellowship with him. But let me keep reading. Um, they, they should have gone home and destroyed the remains of idolatry and idolaters from among them. Many are melted under the word that hardened before they, um, they are cast into a new mold. So they hear the word, it's fallen on fertile ground. And before long, the ground has gotten hard and the word just doesn't sink in, is basically what they're saying. However, this general weeping gave a new name to the place. They called it Beth, uh, Bochum, which means weepers. This emotional response of the people was very hopeful. With all the weeping and wailing, there's reason to believe that God's word had a deep impact upon them and they were on their way to a genuine revival. But as we're going to read, it's not the case. The subsequent record of the book of Judges showed that their initial reaction of sorrow and repentance did not mature into a real lasting repentance. Real repentance shows itself in action, not necessarily in weeping. And uh, Spurgeon says, you know, tears are just moisture. It's going to dry up, you know, and you'll forget what you're, you know, what you've committed to. One can weep outwardly and, and show repentance without ever inwardly repenting. And we know that's true, just like that stubborn child. I'll say I'm sorry, but I don't really mean it. Uh, that's why God challenges the children of Israel in the book of Job, and he challenges us. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness. Had they kept close to God in their duty, you would have heard singing instead of weeping because of their sin. And then they sacrificed to the Lord which was a solemn sacrifice and the right thing to do. And the commentary says they probably went to Shiloh, which is where God's offering is. They offered sacrifice to turn God's wrath away from them and to obtain his favor. Uh, let's see. And in our time, our sin offering is not bulls. We don't have to bring rams. It means remembering God's sacrifice for us on the cross by the death 
of his son, his burial and resurrection. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we continue to study your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that does the job of the angel of God that spoke to the children of Israel. The Holy Spirit that tells us that we need to uh, straighten up and fly right. We need to turn from our, our sin. We need to get rid of the idols that we've placed in our hearts instead of our love for you, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the uh, blood sacrifice of Christ who died on the cross for our sins. We thank you for that so that we no longer have to bring bulls and rams as our uh, means, as an offering for our sin, our sin offering. And Father, we do thank you that, you know, you weeping over our sins is not to be discouraged. But Spurgeon says, a grain of faith is better than a gallon of tears, and a drop of genuine repentance is more precious than a torrent of weeping. So, Father, we come to you with, uh, like the children of Israel, asking for your forgiveness, thanking you for your mercy, thanking you that you're uh, gracious, thanking you that you're slow to anger and, uh, and you have great kindness for us. We thank you for that. Father, we um, also, again, pray for those who need you in a special way. You know of all the wars. I don't have to call them out. You know what they are. You know of all the things that's going on that needs your special, special care. And Father, we're casting all of it on you. All of the needs, all of the pains, all of the hurts, all of even all of the praise. We lay them at your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Praying afresh for the Ukraine. Continue to give them hope and a future. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.